Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. We're talking about the anointing, and um, one of the things that the Lord has dealt with me about, if you want to go to Luke chapter 4, now this is not the part of the service where you disengage. Otherwise, what will happen is, and I've watched it happen through the years, especially in the spirit-filled camp, and I'm as hard on us as any, any group, and it's because I live here and I see our weaknesses. One of our weaknesses is we think we know it more because we're baptized in the Holy Ghost than other denominations, and that's not true. That's not true. I didn't even get a half an amen on that. <laughs> but I'm still going to be honest. And I've learned great truths from Presbyterians, Baptists, Lutherans, Charismatics, Evangelicals, Foursquare. I have. Catholics. Episcopalians. My grandparents went to an Episcopal church and the priest was filled with the Holy Ghost. Prayed in other tongues. And I went to the services and you, I, I mean, I, from what I know, knew about Pentecostalism, it wasn't Pentecostal. They had, uh, they had the guy who went down the aisle with the golden thing on the chains. I don't even know what it is. Incense, yeah. And I was, you know, he's going down the aisle and smoke's going everywhere. And every once in a while, they had this big gold cross in the front that they would. But this guy laid hands on the sick and they were healed. <laughs> Cast out devils. That's pretty good for a backwards caller. <laughs> Beats a whole bunch of spirit-filled believers I know who yak about it but never do it. Boy, we started out quick, Lord. We should. <laughs> but, but the Lord wants to strengthen us. And, and what we just experienced there, and in part of what he had dealt with me about concerning the series on the anointing, is that there would be demonstrations. And in order to have demonstrations of the Spirit, you have to have unity. So when we come together... And we unify in thought and in heart with the scriptures as the lead. The glory of God will manifest stronger and stronger and stronger. The anointing. The presence of God. Now we've looked at a couple of scriptures, but I want to, uh, if you're taking notes, I want to answer this question right now. Why is understanding the anointing so important today? And as I was uh, studying yesterday and praying and just praying through the week, I just kept getting this sense like there are, there are people going, why are, why are we even looking at this? What's the big deal? And so I want to present to you from the scriptures because sometimes people don't know. They just hear a word, you know, like they hear tithe, and they think it's tithy. 
What's with these ties? One guy said, what's with these ties? He didn't say tithes. He thought ties. Why is the pastor always talking about a tie? <laughs> and if you don't know, it can be unimportant because you don't know. And I'm not calling anybody stupid. I don't really believe that there are many stupid people. I believe there are people that are willfully ignorant. But being stupid or being dumb means you don't have the capacity to learn. The reality is everybody sitting in here has the capacity to learn. If I will discipline myself to learn, if you will discipline yourself to learn, you can understand anything that the Lord has made available to you for understanding. Think about this. Paul said this in, I believe it was in Ephesians, but uh, in his epistles for sure. He said this. He said, I've written these things down so that you can know what I know. See, many times people are waiting for the Lord to appear for it to them in an open vision because they want to have Paul's experience. But really what people are saying, and it's mostly spirit-filled people, but really what people are saying when they say that is, I think that would be cool to do that, but I don't want to go through the rest of what, what Paul went through in order to get the revelation that he had. So if you knew that the appearance of the revelation of Christ to you individually carried with it all the persecutions that Paul had, would you be so eager to have the experience? That's why I believe a lot of what people are touting as experiences today are made up in their own head or they're false. Because when I look through the book of Acts and I look through the scriptures, most of the spectacular experiences that took place accompanied trouble. Now how bad do you want to see an angel? <laughs> Come on. I'm just telling you by the Spirit of God, the Lord is going to, is, is uh, how many have ever heard uh, heard about threshing wheat scripturally it's where they would have a threshing floor they would put the wheat down on that floor they would take uh, like a pitchfork or a fork of some sort and uh, they would throw that wheat in the air and as it threw in the air the heavier part of the wheat which is the part we eat the good part and the part we sow was heavy enough to where the wind that was blowing wouldn't blow that away. It, that wheat would drop back down onto the threshing floor. And then there's the part that they didn't want, which is called the chaff. And chaff is useless stuff. It's worth nothing. It doesn't do anything, just gets in the way, causes issues. Well, that chaff is super light. And so when the wind would blow across that, as that farmer is throwing that wheat in the air, what happens to that chaff? It blows away. But let me, let, me, let me say this to you. The wheat and the chaff are being thrown. Have you ever felt like you were being thrown? My question is, where are you landing? And God is doing this in the church right now. And a lot of things that have taken place, there's been muddiness to certain things in the spirit-filled camp, and I'm telling you, 
the chaff's about to blow away. So watch and see if it's true. See if it happens. Just judge it. Just judge that word. Judge it front to back. Get on your scriptures. Pray about it and see if it doesn't happen. Because it's going to happen. Amen? So it is important that we understand the anointing because the anointing is the thing that will give you the victory. And what I mean by that is if we cooperate with the anointing, we overcome. Now, we've looked at Isaiah 10, 27, and I don't want you to turn there. I want you to stay in Luke 4. But Isaiah 10, 27 says this, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. If you read it in the Amplified, it says that the neck of whatever the yoke is being put on will get so fat that the, that the yoke can't be put around it. In other words, you get so anointed as a believer, when the enemy shows up with a yoke, he's like, we got to make this thing bigger. It ain't working. I can't get this to stick on them for anything. Why? Because you understand the anointing. First uh, John chapter two verse twenty. You have an anointing one. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So why is understanding the anointing so important? Luke chapter four verse number fourteen says this, and we're going to read through verse eighteen. Jesus then returned in the what? Power of the to Galilee. Now hold that hold that phrase in your mind. And news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Then we go down to verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. Verse 17 says, He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord God is what? Because he has. Can I ask you something? I'm going to anyway, so just agree. If Jesus needed the anointing, do you think we do? That is the reason why it's so important to understand the anointing. If Jesus needed the anointing, now people, people uh, in religious circles, sometimes their heads flip over this because they're thinking, no, Jesus was God. He didn't need the anointing. Actually, he wasn't anointed until he was 30. You know, you'll watch movies sometimes you know, and it'll show like some kid healing a bird. How many have seen those? And they claim it's Christ, you know, like there's these books that were written or something. No, the first miracle Jesus did is when he turned water into wine. That's what the scripture says. It says this is the first of the signs that Jesus did. Jesus was not running around as a little kid picking up birds that had broken wings and healing them. In fact, near as I can tell, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have one recording where he went around and healed an animal. <laughs> now, I got some Old Testament scripture that talk about the covenant being and the blessing being on our animals because we're in covenant with God, but I don't see any of that. Why? Because the anointing came on Jesus here. And do you know when the anointing came on Jesus? 
It was right after another significant event. He was out in the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. And then right after that, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. All right. He was anointed. What was he anointed to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. He was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is verse 18. And recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The Amplified says it this way. He did all those things or he was anointed to destroy the things on those people that were downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down, and destroyed by calamity. So Jesus was anointed to do what? Remove burdens and yokes. He was, he was anointed to destroy what the enemy had built on other people. Do you know you're anointed to do the same thing? So he was anointed to preach, which is to proclaim or to declare. He was anointed to heal, which means healing. It means wholeness. He was anointed to bring liberty, which means a release as from bondage. He was anointed for recovery. This word means restoration of sight. It is the returning of something that was lost. So do we need the anointing today? Are there blind, bruised, broken, despondent, oppressed, depressed, possessed, bound up people today? So why would we need any less than what they had back then? We need the anointing. And we need to learn to cooperate with it. So verse 19 says this, he came to, pro to pro proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, sometimes people do gymnastics over uh, Old Testament things to New Testament, but Jesus is the acceptable year of the Lord. You know, sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with this, people will look through like Jewish calendars some, sometimes and things like that, and they'll say, oh, it's the Sabbath. Jesus is the Sabbath. Well, it's the time of Sabbath, so we're to rest we're to rest during this time, and they'll look at a Jewish calendar. There's not anything necessarily wrong with that. Just realize that Jesus fulfilled the Sabbath. So you're actually supposed to rest every day of your life. Some people get caught up in things, and they don't run it through the New Testament. Jesus is the fulfillment of every feast. Amen. Amen. He is. So what do we see here? He came to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He's, he's, he's anointed to do these things. So understanding, believing, and operating in the anointing is how Jesus operated in the earth as our example. Jesus defeated the anti-Christ spirit, the anti-anointing spirit in the earth by anointing, by the anointing, or by the spirit of the Lord. How are we going to break and keep the yoke of woke? The spirit of Antichrist off ourselves and our family. 
How are we going to fulfill the great commission without what Jesus declared that the disciples needed? How are we going to, uh, without understanding and living in the anointing, the resurrection power of Christ, how are we going to stay married, raise our kids, manage our money, be a witness, be a corporate supply in our church, win and disciple a city and surrounding areas, advance and rule in business, submit to each other and to leadership, suffer persecution, love one another, love God, love not our life unto the death, leave the temporary and hold fast to the eternal, walk in humility, die for the eternal plan of God daily, truly get free and walk free and walk and live in forgiveness, just to name a few. How am I going to do that without the anointing? Without the presence of God in my life? How are you going to keep the culture out of your kids without the anointing? How are you going to keep Christian psychology, so-called, out of your family without the anointing? You say Christian psychology, yes, believers all the time accept things that a Christian psychologist says that Jesus clearly taught in the scriptures was opposite to what we received when we were born again. It happens so often and so frequent and people go, well, really, you need to pay attention. It's a hardback book. It's got great cover to it and they have a PhD. But if their PhD doesn't line up with this, then it stands for post hole digger. Come on. Well, I'm going to psychology my kid into freedom. The anointing is what destroys the yokes and removes burdens. It is the anointing. And we looked at it last week. You have an anointing in you right now because you're born again. So let's turn and look at this second portion of this, the anointing upon you. The anointing that can be received is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I want to go to John chapter 4, verse 14, and then I'm going to go to John chapter 7, verse 38, because I want to show you two differences here. John chapter 4, verse number 14. Jesus, and this is the woman at the well. We've looked at this before. We looked at it in our last series on contentment. But it says, Jesus said this to the woman at the well, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But that water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Specifically, this is talking about being born again. John chapter 4, verse number 14. All right? Now let's go to John chapter 7. So we know the anointing was upon Jesus. We looked at that already. And now we're looking at uh, the, we're going to be looking at the second anointing, the second uh, move of the Spirit in a believer's life that can happen, the Spirit upon them. 
John chapter 7, John chapter 4, verse 14 is the anointing within. That's the new birth. John chapter 7, verse number 38. And you can write next to this, this is the spirit upon or the baptism in the Holy Spirit that Jesus talked about. And then we're going to hit another verse here in Luke that's going to break it even further, break it down even further. Verse 37, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, verse 38, out of his heart will what? flow rivers of living water so you can have a wellspring coming in and bubbling up and you can have a river what flowing out verse 39 and this confirms these things but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was what not yet glorified okay so we see the difference there all right let's go to luke chapter 24 now the guy who wrote luke is the guy who wrote acts and if you for a reference point i'm not going to go through this but for a reference point um you can look at this later on your own time but you'll see that actually luke chapter 24 verse 36 through 53 is very close to acts chapter 1 where Luke is now writing to Theophilus concerning the things of the kingdom. But Luke chapter 24, how many love the word of God? You're thankful for the written word of God. You don't let your mind drift when the word of God is being taught because it's his word, amen? Amen? Hallelujah. If you learn how to honor and focus on the word of God, I'm telling you what, you'll get more excited in your devotion than you do in the church service when you, or when you, I mean, it just, <laughs> you can't put it into words. Do you know mature believers, if you're, I heard Benny Hinn say this uh, the other night when I was watching him. He said, if you're gonna be a mature believer, you have to start living in eternity now while you're in the temp temporal. You have to have a mindset outside of this world. Paul said it this way, set your mind on what? Things above. Well, I have business problems, preacher. The anointing will destroy the yoke and remove the burden. Well, I don't know what to do. You have an anointing from the Holy. So if I say to you, if I give you 1 John 2.20, and you come up to me after the service, and you say to me, I just don't, I can't get an answer in this area. Who are you speaking against? Ooh, that's tough, isn't it? Actually, that's just good old-fashioned truth and love right there. It ain't tough. It's like, yes, Lord, thank you for that. Have you ever thought about this? Do you know that uh, athletes are always, like professional athletes, they're always looking for something that's a little bit different than what everybody else is doing to gain an advantage. So they're trying different things because they want to win, right? 
if some people treated their Christianity like they do their weight training. Come on, if you knew as much about this as you do your boat motor, You know, people think I'm crazy. They do. And I'm, praise the Lord. I'm in good company. They call Jesus crazy. They call Paul crazy. I'm just the third one in the boat. But there are hunters in here. You will paint your face. Oh, I'm coming for you. I know hunting season's coming. You'll, you'll spend thousands of dollars to do something you enjoy. People will spend thousands, millions of dollars in the natural to develop in an area. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I don't care if you hunt, hunt. Shoot what you want. Don't give it to my wife. She is not interested in any of it. <laughs> Unless it's a cow. Unless you're out hunting a cow, and if you're spending all that money to hunt a cow, you might need to find somebody that knows how to hunt, and they can train you how to hunt. <laughs> they'll paint, the, they'll put scent on them that stinks. So the deer won't smell them, or whatever. They'll sit in a tree stand. Now, I know it's, I know, you know me. This ain't my thing. So, but, but they'll give God 10 minutes and then wonder, wonder why that yoke doesn't go away. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we got into it, didn't we? <laughs> All right. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll get off you hunters. The Holy Ghost knows every one of you, so. There are people that'll binge watch Netflix. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell, I'm not gonna tell you Hallmark. Yeah, my wife broke the yoke of Hallmark. <laughs> and I'm not saying you can't enjoy things. But if you know the details of the lives of the characters more than you do the details of the book, there's no wonder the demons laugh at you when you rebuke them. Uh, hallelujah. I want a group, and I want to be a disciple where the anointing is present every day, all day. I go to bed in the anointing, I wake up in the anointing. And it's tangible, not just in, in idea. 
We actually have proof, evidence that we've laid hands on people and their bodies have been healed. We have evidence of those that have been addicted to things and we've laid hands on them and the addiction has left them. There's a manifestation of a kingdom that is outside of what we see just in the natural here and it invades into this world where the present darkness seems to dominate and light shows up and people go, oh, what just happened? And you can go, that's the anointing. I want to live in such a place of the anointing that I have no hints of unforgiveness, bitterness, unhealthy competition. I, I know I'm in Luke 24. Go over, to Luke, go over to Hebrews chapter 13. My devotion time is breaking in now. Hebrews chapter number 13. And do you know it's okay to go hunting? I'm not condemning anybody. It's okay to go hunting. It's okay to go on vacation. It's okay to take time. It's okay to watch whatever show you want to watch. As long as your heart isn't, you know, the Lord's saying, don't watch that. It's okay to do uh, young people you like, or even now old people, both, <laughs> or, or my age people. Video games, are all these things are fine, but they have to have their proper place Listen, if my prayer of faith is not being answered, then I need to fast something. And it isn't more time, it isn't more time with God that I need to fast. I need to set aside time and do something else. If I'm afraid because my political party isn't going to get in or not, something's wrong. I should have no fear. Perfected love casteth out. I want to be so anointed that my enemies think that they're my best friend. Glory to God. Now you want to talk about an anointing. Start doing good to the people that hate you. Let's, how about this? How about we just love each other in the church? How about we not have bitterness toward pastors that have hurt us? Or ex-spouses? Or children? And you say, well, preacher, do you have to go there? Well, if you want to get married again, we better. Because if you don't deal with it within you, you take it and guess who gets it next? And if the bond of your relationship is over the hatred or unforgiveness of another person, then what is the bond? Well, praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number one. What does it say? Let brotherly love Now, why do you got to write that? Have you ever done this? This is my words now. Well, if they wouldn't have done that, then I would be. Brother Hagin used to say it like this. 
He'd say, if I have any ill will in me toward anybody at all, I get after it tooth and toenail. Now, by show of hands, how many have tried to bite off your toenail? I got a few hands out of the deal. It's pretty good. Have you ever tried to get... Now, the younger, you know, I'm not talking about, I mean, Ian used to, when he was first born, he could stick his whole foot in his mouth. That's not what I'm talking about. When kids are born, they're rubber. That's not fair. I'm talking now at 46. You ever tried to get your toe into your mouth? People are like, ew. Uh, I know my wife is like you on this. I know Mike kills you on this. If we ever have a foot washing service, Mike is not participating. <laughs> oh, maybe that was too much. I should have let you share that. I don't know. Sorry about that. <laughs> what does that mean? We should be so on top of walking in love. Man, if they... If they robbed us $30,000 in a bad business deal, we just, whew. And you say, do you know about situations like this? I could have somebody give testimony right now. And what did they do? God's my supply. Ooh, that's tough, isn't it? Come on, how many have ever had 30 grand taken? It's tough. That's a little bit of pennies. You add that up, that, you know, you could have done a, you ever done that? Your mind goes, oh, I could have done a lot of stuff with that. Well, if you hold on to unforgiveness, it's preventing the restoration and the multiplication that should come back to you. Come on. Forgive them. Just make the devil mad. Go, yeah, I gifted that to them. Woo! Hallelujah! I felt like a run. Come on, that one. Like, you know. To... <laughs> well, it isn't right. We know that, but we can't go down that line because then we become the judge, and then we remove God's ability to work as the judge. Hallelujah! Amen? We're talking about the anointing. And I never even got to Luke 24, but I'm not going to go there because it's time to be done. But I feel really good. And what I mean in my heart about what was said, really good. I sense what was said was said prophetically. And just so you know, I did read some of my scriptures. Here's another one. We do, we do you, you guys are aware of kind of the service order, right? We, sometimes when I give the altar call, we'll have people get up and they, that are serving that have to do other things. If you're not doing anything, that is not your cue to leave the service. I, uh, I was watching Benny Hinn, I told you that. You ever been to a Benny Hinn meeting? I have. People say, well, I don't like that guy. Well, you better be careful. He's your brother. 
Now, you don't, I'm not saying you have to agree with everything he does. But God will probably put you next to him in heaven. <laughs> Your personal opinions don't matter. My personal opinions don't matter. I've been in, Heidi and I have been in his services. You, we were in, you can be in the rafters at the Metra. And the glory of God is so thick. And people are just being healed. Boom, 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 boom. But he was talking away. And, and, and the Lord's going to bring this back to the church, just so you know. And we're going we're gonna, to uh, be a part of it. But he's teaching along, and he's at a school doing a conference on healing. And he's teaching. He's just teaching the scriptures, one after another. Talking about the importance of holiness, that your body is not yours, it's God's. Do you know you actually don't own your body? Well, it's my body. I'll do what I want with it. Actually, that's not true, Christian. It's God's body, and it's a part of Christ's body. So let me, and we're all connected, right? Because we're the body of. So when you curse your brother in Christ, you just cursed yourself. Hmm. I love it. I'm going to grow up big time. I'm going to be real big, real grown up, real mature, right? I'm not going to just talk about what I know. I'm going to live what I know. I'm going to repent and change my life. So he's teaching along. Judy, you can come if you want. It'll help me teach. <laughs> Some people are anointed on things, and Judy is anointed on keys. But I, I, I'll say this. He's teaching along, and he stops, and he looks back in the crowd, and there's probably 2,000 people there. And he said, you people are walking around in the back, and you need to sit down because you're distracting people. And then he just goes right back to the word. Now, we do that in a church because we become so seeker-sensitive. Pastor does that. People puff up like a, like a toad frog. You know what I mean? They go, oh, 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 I'm going to another church. You probably need to, you big baby. You probably need to. You sit and pretend like you can act any way you want in the presence of God, Jehovah, his written word, and yet we want to see great deliverance in our lives. We've got to reverence him, which is key to the, see, uh, the generation, you say, how, what has this got to do with the anointing? Guys, do you know how disrespectful the younger generation, younger generations have gotten? They think there are kids in school that think they have the right to beat up their teacher. They have no respect for authority and it's because their parents develop no respect for authority. There are people, and, and, and I'm talking about, now, now I need to say two things here. One is there's just flat rebellious people, but there's a whole bunch of people in the church and you're genuinely born again, but you still hate authority over you. 
There are people that have been saved out of raucous lifestyles where maybe they've been mistreated by law enforcement, but they were living like they shouldn't. And so now every time they see law enforcement, they, they have a hatred in them. You need to forgive. You need to wash some feet. Well, if, if that law enforcement would have done what they would have done, then I would have never been in the trouble that I've, I've met people like this so many times. And after they get through telling me what they did, I'm like, it logically doesn't make any, it's a burden, it's a yoke. And it takes the anointing to remove that out of your life. I cannot blame my parents for my immaturity. Amen. I cannot. I will not. I will not hamstring the anointing by putting the responsibility that God has placed on me on somebody else. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I need to say I'm sorry and no but after that. You say, what do you mean by that? I'm sorry, Heidi, but if you wouldn't have pushed my buttons, I wouldn't have yelled at you. What did I just do? I just ruined a perfectly good apology. I just threw it in the trash and it's trash. I added my own thinking to what God led me to do and I ruined the whole anointing on it. But I'm telling you in the spirit field camp, God is gonna bring order. He will. Now, the thing we won't do is we won't call it bringing order and put the Holy Ghost in some room somewhere and never let him out. But the other thing we won't do is have what people call the Holy Ghost moving and it's just chaos. You say, can we live in the middle? Yes. Apparently so, because it's commanded in the scripture. Amen. And we will have decency and order. And when we have decency and order, sometimes people think, well, you're, it's controlling. Order and decency has some control to it. But can I ask you something? Aren't you thankful for riverbanks? Have you been to Red Lodge since the riverbanks got overflowed? What happens? So I know what we should do. We should outlaw all water. I'll go another direction. We should just outlaw all guns. Because then all the gun crimes will end. No, no. The crooks will still go get guns. They weren't obeying the first law. The problem is the crook is wearing a suit. And he's a part of a Republican or a Democrat party. And they are crooks. Many of them. And guess what? Vengeance is the Lord's. <laughs> I love it. But just because there's bad, there's all doesn't mean it's all bad. God's moving, amen. So why would Benny Hinn, why would he do that? 
He understands the spirit world. He's not playing with it. Oh, I want, do I want to say that? How can I say that? There are believers that are mature that don't treat the Lord like an escort. See, disciples, Josh talked about covenant this morning. You say, what's an escort? Does everybody kind of know what that is? I don't want to go into detail here. Okay. When you're in covenant with someone, covenant in the Old Testament, where God cut covenant with Abraham, they actually walked through the dead animals in a figure eight. Anybody ever seen that symbol before? What does it mean? Infinity. So what is God saying? I commit to be intimate with you only. And we say, I commit to be intimate with, in the spirit, you only. See, when, when God becomes your sugar daddy, you don't have a relationship. You don't have fellowship. But when you're in fellowship, ooh, people go, well, that will cost me something. Actually, it'll cost you everything. Everything. We got to decide if we're going to commit to that or not. I'm committed. Now, I'm not saying I'm flawless, but I can move to perfection. And people say, really? Yeah, because the word perfect in the scripture means mature. It means fully developed. I'm so thankful my salvation isn't based on my works. Glory to God. <laughs> it's based on Jesus' work. But I can work from that work. And I can develop and I can mature. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to give anybody an opportunity to either give their heart to the Lord for the first time or rededicate their life to the Lord. The altar care workers can come. We know this from the scripture that God loves us and doesn't want us to perish. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. We know that all people have sinned or missed the mark concerning God, and that's what causes separation from God, sin does. We know this by Romans 3.23, which says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We know that heaven is a free gift, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift that's given to us because of His great payment. We know that God wanted us to be brought back into relationship with Him. In fact, He wanted it so much that He demonstrated His own love toward us according to Romans 5, 8, and 9 that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
We know that we can receive God's gift of forgiveness through faith and faith alone by trusting in Christ. You can be born again or rededicate your life today by faith in Jesus, putting your trust in Jesus. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I would like you to raise your hand so I can pray with you. And I'll have Michael look online if there's anybody there. If you're watching online, you can just type yes in the comment section. And then we would know. But if there's anybody here in the room or online that would like to give your heart to the Lord, I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you already have. Just give it just a second. Okay, thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Okay. All right, let's pray with this one, shall we? Say it together with me, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to this earth, lived a sinless life, and died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose from the dead so that I could receive forgiveness, become your child, and receive the gift of eternal life. I come to you now, turn from my sin. I not only receive this gift of forgiveness, but I give you all of my life, all of my heart. I believe you've accepted me because Jesus said, the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. You also said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for saving me, making me your child, and helping me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.